Side Hustle Show 274. This is the middleman method, a real life example of turning trash into treasure. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because profit isn't a dirty word. The thing that's exciting to me, even after almost five years of doing the show, is the endlessly different and creative ways the Side Hustle Nation community is generating those profits. And this week's story certainly exemplifies that. My guest today reached out with a unique side business he started 20 years ago and still does part-time in Birmingham, Alabama. John Wilker simply calls himself a middleman, and essentially what he's doing is flipping industrial or commercial byproducts, uh, shipping pallets, cardboard boxes, crates, you know, big wire spools, stuff like that. And the cool thing is he usually gets this stuff for free because companies just don't want to deal with disposing of it. And he doesn't store any inventory. Instead, he picks it up and takes it down the street or across town and sells it to another company who needs it for part of their business. It's a buy low, sell high business model or maybe more accurately, a buy for free and sell low business model. But it's one that doesn't rely on Amazon or eBay or any third party algorithm. It's pretty simple. In fact, John's website is thesimplestbiz.com if you want to go check him out. And he says this business is one that could be replicated all over the map and I think in other product areas as well. In this episode, he shares how he found his first suppliers and his first buyers, how he sets his prices, and how he transports this stuff without having to store it. Notes and links for this one, along with a free PDF highlight reel summary with all of John's top tips from the call, are at sidehustlenation.com slash middleman. That's all one word. Now, this business, John's business, is uh, one that doesn't require a ton of equipment, but one tool you might want to have in your toolbox, whether you're picking up pallets or selling any type of service, is FreshBooks. It's the affordable cloud accounting system that's recommended by 97% of small business owners, and it's built specifically with side hustlers and freelancers in mind. I want to thank FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show and for helping 10 million entrepreneurs, myself included, get paid and help keep the books in order come tax time. As a side hustle show listener, you can claim a 30-day completely free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with John after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. Bottom line is I'm a middleman and there's businesses out there that produce large quantities of pallets, crates, drums, dunnage, 55-gallon metal drums, on and on corrugated boxes and they don't know what to do with them. They get their inventory in and they're stuck with it. They take their inventory off of it. Now they have a stacks and stacks of pallets that they generate on a daily basis or crates or whatever the case may be. I go in and work out deals where I am going to take these items off their hands so they don't have to mess with it. And I'm going to drive down the street and sell them to the businesses that need those items because they're shipping stuff out on them. So I'm from point A to point B, and it's quite simple in that aspect of it, but it has to be set up in a correct manner for it to work. And we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into the details of how it, all, how it all works, but maybe take me back to the beginning. So you're working in construction, you're working in remodeling. Like, Tell me about your, for your first deal <laughs> on this new business. Absolutely. I had a partner that we were doing remodeling for houses, and this was back in 98. And one cold December week, we were supposed to work do a bathroom remodel. And for whatever reason, the customer fell through for that week. And I looked at my partner, his name was Dane. And I said, well, Dane, what do you want to do? We don't have any other jobs lined up. And he goes, well, 
let's go pick up some pallets. And I go, oh, what's a pallet? He goes, you know, those wooden things that they have in warehouses. And I said, well, what, what do we do with them? And he said, well, I'll show you. So okay. the first place we went to, it was a grocery distributor, and they had 1,500 pallets on their property. And we approached them, and what do you do with these pallets? And they said, please take them away. So... <laughs> So you just like literally roll up to the back door and say like, hey, that stack of pallets over there, what are you doing with them? Yes, that's how, you know, I used to, I even kind of do that in some cases to this day, but it gets a little bit more involved talking to the right people. But in that particular case, it was easy peasy. And back then, (laughs) all I had was a pickup truck. So, and I didn't know all the other aspects of not having to lift all this stuff. So we literally all day for the rest of that day, did load after load after load of those pallets. And we took them to a pallet yard to begin with. But it was hard work. But we still made several thousand dollars. And I don't know, it was about four hours span Jeez. to get them all done. So the pallet yard paid you for them. You just had to get them there. Right. So that was just the first day. And the next day we went to a, it was a wine distribution company. And they literally had more than 2,000 pallets. And they're all varying sorts and sizes and all that. And it was a lot of work those first few weeks because we were doing all the heavy lifting. We didn't realize we could get help (laughs) to do all that part of it, you know, get the forklift drivers to help us. But again, (laughs) back to the pallet yards and they're not paying us a lot of money, but we had such huge volume. It was worth it. Yeah. Was it just luck of the draw that there happened to be a pallet yard nearby or like why wouldn't the grocery distributor or the wine distributor just take it there themselves one they don't want to have to mess with it because anytime they have to mess with their pallets or crates or dunnage or whatever the case may be they're taking the individuals out of their warehouse from the job that they normally need to be doing right so it's a nuisance to these businesses to have to deal with them some have to order these huge dumpsters before we come along and they're having to throw pallets or whatever into the dumpster or if it's corrugated boxes they're having to bind them up you know and crush them and it just takes away from their normal business activity and costs them money so we're a solution we become in this simplest biz model become a solution to the supplier's problem okay so that's really the aspect. Some pay us to take them away. Yeah, that's that's really crazy to me. It's like, oh, I'm getting my inventory for better than free. Exactly. Which is pretty awesome. But like, I got to imagine if anybody, if any of these companies have been in business for any length of time, they have a process to deal with it, either, either contracting with somebody else like you or something more maybe more elegant than like having their employees come in on the weekend to like break the stuff down. I don't know. Like that seems weird that they just let it pile up and like they're waiting for some random dude with a pickup truck to come up to the back door. (laughs) Yeah. The solution is those two options. One, getting a dumpster. It's hard for you to imagine this because this is audio and how many pictures to show you. But if you were to throw in a bunch of pallets into a dumpster, 70% of the space is going to be air because not stacking them in there, they're just chunking them in there and they're all lopsided and, and it's so inefficient and they have to get their dumpster literally emptied three times a week for some of these businesses. Yeah. Or 
like you were saying, they might have box trucks and they're having to get their guys there on a Saturday and throw them into their box trucks and haul them to the dump and pay the dump fees. So those are the two methods. Or they have someone kind of like me, but that doesn't know what they're doing that causes them problems that are actually trying to pick through and find certain sizes of pallets, as the case may be, and they're knocking stuff over and they're just trying to get a certain size, which causes grief for the business owner as well. Okay. Thinking a partial solution, but it's actually a pain. Where I come in, created this model where I have a better solution and get everything out of there. Okay. So you take them straight to the pallet yard in this case. I'm just curious, like, what do they pay you for each one? Well, back then, dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars, maybe yeah. two fifty for certain sizes. That model didn't last very long. Okay. After about three weeks of working it in that method, I realized the businesses, the the pallet yards, were taking the pallets, a perfectly good product that I was selling to them for cheap, and turning around and selling it to customers, sure. the actual businesses that needed them. <laughs> okay, so you say I can cut out the middleman. I could be the middleman myself. Exactly. But the problem was I had to figure out a way to juggle it where I didn't have to have a pallet yard, right? right I didn't right. have to have any storage or, and I didn't, any, I didn't want to have any employees. I want to keep it as simple as possible. So the way I constructed the deals is my suppliers are my pallet yard, so to speak. They hold the product and I'm basically driving up. They're loading my truck and those first Two weeks after I realized I don't want to sell to these pallet yards for this little money anymore, I basically, by hit and miss, blanketed all the industrial centers around Birmingham, and I would hit literally 30 to 50 businesses a day for a solid week. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, 
the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, tell me about that process. Tell me about what do you mean by hitting those businesses? Well, fortunately, they're all butted up close to each other, like a distribution center. If you've ever seen a distribution center, it's overhead door, overhead door, office, overhead door, over, you know, dock, yeah. dock, dock, office. They're all just right next to each other. And some had signs of dealing with pallets because they'd have pallets or crates or drums or whatever the case may be outside. So I know to kind of go in and feel the waters out. But literally just like knocking on doors. Right, basically, yeah. So it did take me getting uncomfortable a little bit and, and going in there and finding out the information I wanted to find out. What's that initial conversation like? Hey, I'm I'm John, I, I'm interested in these pallets. Like what, how does the conversation go? Yes, at first, <laughs> at first I thought it was, I could not comprehend it to the, I literally fibbed the first two times I did it and went, we have a flooded basement and I saw all these pallets, you know, because <laughs> I just, it still was mind blowing that people would give them away for free for no reason. Right. Okay. So after that, I finally said, whatever, I'm just going to, I have a pallet business and listen, I was driving by, I see that you have a lot of pallets and, and corrugated boxes here. Could you tell me what you do with these items? And to disarm them, I would give them a drop down menu. Do you get rid of them? Do you need to reuse them? Do you have to sell some sizes or what's your situation? And they would just, these are blue collar individuals and businesses I'm dealing with. So they just open up and they just start walking me around saying, this is what we need. This is what we get rid of. And they would just spell it all out for me. And once I had that information, I could construct a deal where I would become exclusive, you know, to where I was going to be the guy coming in there on a regular basis and getting everything. And it took a little juggling, but these accounts and these suppliers and buyers, they're worth a lot of money. Sometimes I would go in and they actually needed pallets too. So there'd be buyers, half of them would be buyers as well. So I had to go to buy a little time and go to over the next week, knock on a bunch of doors to find that supply for that particular buyer. If it was an odd size or an odd product. Yeah. But as time went on, it all started to match up. Yeah, this is really interesting. It's like you're going door to door, essentially building this database, this kind mm -hmm. of connecting buyers and sellers, like who needs what, where can I find that thing? And then playing matchmaker in a way. Because <laughs> it seems what's weird is like you said, they're all distribution center, like kind of industrial parts of town. You probably know in your town where those areas are. Mm -hmm. It's like they're not they're not far from each other, but they don't talk to each other. Like they couldn't drive it the two blocks down the road or like they just don't want to deal with it. And so they say, well, fine, you take it away. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it. Even though they don't have time to figure all that out. Plus, again, it goes back to the situation where they don't want to take the time to have to mess with it. Yeah. And even the ones that know that I'm getting their pallets literally 500 yards away from where I'm delivering to them. Yeah, they could like they could like hear your truck like still backing up over there. Yes. There are a few I keep it. I still to this day will keep it on the down low 
and try to park where I, they don't see me. But I'm literally pulling out, loading up in one parking lot and crossing the street into another parking lot where the buyer is. Or from one side of a distribution center on one end to it and picking up pallets or crates or whatever and delivering to the other end of the distribution center to the company. That yeah, that's just crazy to me, but, <laughs> but good on you. Somebody's got to do it. It's like, you know, go find a problem that already exists. Okay, instead of trying to create a new one. Okay. So you mentioned uh, like beverage distribution companies, grocery distributors, any other types of businesses that you found a sweet spot for this in? Electro distributors, wire wholesalers, custom fabricators, bolt and screw manufacturers, metal grinding, refractories, lighting and lamp companies, rubber products, conduit companies. These are all like buyers of pallets. Okay, okay. Tractor parts, ceramic injection companies. So you're dealing with some oddball type places, but a lot of times it's heavy duty type businesses, metal scrap yards, fabricating steel. You're just driving around the industrial parts of town and just knocking on doors. Well, after a little while, I did find a little, a better method. And I teach, I have a course that I teach people how to do this now, of course. Another new side hustle. Right. This is a side, side hustle. And I ended up being able to get on Google Maps and on the satellite version of it, you can actually zoom into these industrial parks. And for the ones that actually keep these products outside, you can tag the building, find out and when you tag it on satellite view, it'll show the name of the business, the warehouse manager. So you, I started creating a route that I would go for prospecting. So I wasn't just flying blind after about a month of doing this. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm zooming in on like my hometown now. And yeah. I'm like, oh crap, this guy has got a ton over here. It's like by a brewery that we go to kind of like in an industrial area. Exactly. You could see him on the satellite view. Like there's just a mountain of what looks like pallets in the back. Okay, done right excavating is the name of this company. <laughs> like, Put it in your pot. Yeah, oh, dude, there's a ton of them. Okay, so right next door is like Ryers. I don't know what this company does, but they've got a ton of them out there. So you'd like kind of scout out on Google, Google Earth first. Does it matter? Like, I don't have, first, I got to find the supplier, right? And then I got to go find a bias, like two sides of the equation. Well, it's vice versa. So if you do find, let's say it's your first day out and you found a buyer to begin with, I would say I teach people to listen. I'm busy for the next week. How about I drop some samples off, you know, in the next week or so, right? So I don't pin myself down. I bought myself 10 days to find their product if I don't have it yet. Okay, okay. So that's one method, especially when you're getting started. At this point, I have 65 suppliers and 25 businesses that buy anywhere from three to five products from me. Okay. So I have the network built. When you're starting off, yes, you have to juggle a little bit to get started. Okay. Do you own like a U-Haul type of truck or is it still just the pickup truck? It's like, I'm, I'm thinking like, well, I've got my little SUV, but there's no way I'm going to fit more than like <laughs> four in the back of that thing. No, that's, yeah, that's not the way to go. The easiest way, when I started out, like I said, I had a pickup truck and I actually went through a couple of those and I stuck with that model because there's a way to actually put around 50 pallets on a pickup truck. It looks a little ridiculous, but when you're only having to go two blocks or 800 feet or five blocks to your buyer, it's not that big a deal and you can do multiple trips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pictured like stacked up eight feet high in the bed. Okay. Yeah. So you can do four stacks of about 15 is about what it is and you'll have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little ridiculous, but 
it keeps it simple. And I had an old beater. I got an F-150 and an F-250 at one point that I got for $600 and it made me tens of thousands of dollars. So I kept it simple for the first couple of years. Yeah. And then I switched over to nothing major, but I still have, I have a flatbed now that cost me 3,500 bucks. Okay. Fair enough. So that, that solves that. I guess worst case you could go rent a truck starting out or borrow a friend's truck or something. If you don't have one, that's <laughs> right. Plenty of my students don't have a truck to start the business, but they, what they'll do is schedule several loads on one day. Like I had one guy down in Tampa, he had his first delivery or flipping of, of the pallet situation was 700 and he rented a 24 foot flatbed and I think he made five, six bucks profit per pallet. Okay. So minus 120 bucks, he still made several thousand dollars in about four hours. Jeez. That's a, that's a nice little side business. Right. What's it look like today for you in terms of time commitment, hours working and that sort of thing? All right. You know, I actually made, could I give you the, this morning? How about that? I have an example of what took place this morning. Let's do it. Started at 730 and I, the first place I was delivered to was a tractor parts company. So I picked up my truck, drove five blocks to my supplier, which was a refractory. And they loaded 125 pallets onto my truck with the forklift. I tipped the forklift driver $10, and it took about 10 minutes to load it and strap them down. All right? Okay. So delivery time and unload time, I had to go three and a half miles to deliver to the, the tractor part place. So I had 125 pallets at $7 a unit that I sell them to them for. So my gross was 875 bucks. And it cost me $10 for the forklift driver, five bucks in gas, not even that. So profit of $860 and it was 50 minutes. So that was my first look. <laughs> that was the work for today. No, no. Actually, the place I delivered to, the tractor place, they had 106 corrugated boxes, right? Okay. That they didn't want to have to crush. They folded them down for me. And as they took off the last load, they loaded 106 corrugated boxes, you know, cardboard boxes, double walled, mm -hmm. heavy duty. And it was, they've been used once. So I strapped those down and they give those to me for free, saves them trouble. And on the way back to where I parked my truck, I dropped those off at a metal fabricator that needs them. They were 48 by 40 by 26. And I sell those to them for $4 and 75 cents a piece, right? So that I actually wrote that down. What it, so my total profit minus gas for that delivery was seven hundred fifty-four dollars, and it took about forty-five minutes basically. Jeez. Load them, and I was heading back to where I park anyway. So for today, this morning, and I was done by I don't know ten after ten, sixteen hundred and fourteen dollars. Holy crap! That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a giggle on the way to work. I, I mean, even after twenty years, it's not. It's the simplest biz. It doesn't require a lot of brain power by any means, but it gives me the option of doing other things later in the day. I could do it all day, right? But my brain's too active and I have too many other interests to do it all day. So I, I do a lot of other things as well. And it's bought me the time and the freedom to be able to do other things. Yeah, it sounds like it just really comes down to building that network. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and 
you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. I was going to ask on the... You say, okay, I tipped the forklift guy 10 bucks to load this stuff into the truck. What happens if there is no forklift guy? Is Then it's just like lifting. Well, there's always a forklift guy. It's just a matter of, you know, most of these guys, hey, this guy's going to buy me lunch basically with giving him 10 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So some of them fight over wanting to do it. Oh, okay. Now, again, this is a flatbed, not a box truck, so they're not having to load them inside. Okay, okay. Flatbed makes it a little easier for unloading as well. With the rare occasion, and it's not all rainbows and unicorns, every couple, seven to 10 days, I kind of choose to actually load it myself because I need the exercise. (laughs) Got to get get your workout in. Right. It's my workout for the day. So, I'll drive in sometimes, and it, it usually happens every week and a half. I don't want to wait on the forklift driver because he's unloading a truck that just came in, right? So I'll just back up to the pallets where they're they're at and stay on the back of my truck. And this particular place and where I normally do that, they weigh about three or four pounds, so it's not like bag breaking by any means. Yeah, just repetitive. As I'm loading them on, I go five dollars, ten dollars. you know, that's 30 seconds, I've made $25 type of thing. And there's hundreds of them. So it takes me about 15 minutes to even load up my hand. It's not, I work up a little sweat, but keeps me in shape. There you go. There you go. Um, Is there a standard resale price or is it just kind of like open to negotiation everywhere you go? Since 95% of what I get is free, whether it be the crates or the drums or the dunnage or whatever and the boxes, I'd never have a price list. I find out what the buyer is paying currently and I undercut and I sweeten the deal with another aspect of my business to to make their life easier. So I'll become exclusive for that business. Okay. That might contain maybe they have a bunch of junk pallets or crates that have been broken down or this, that, and the other. And once a month I'll haul off something to the dump for them from, and have to pay 25, 30 bucks out of my pocket. But it gets my foot in the door and I end up selling them all different types of products, you know, the dunnage and the, the 55 gallon drums. And I might have just started out with the pallet to get my foot in the door. Gotcha. Did they pay you cash on delivery? Do you invoice them at the end of the month? Like how does the payment work? Well, that's a good question because my competition for lack of a better word, they haven't taken a bath in three days, I guess is the best way to describe them. (laughs) And they want to be paid right then when they deliver them, right? Well, for a business owner, I have to stop, have to go to the accounting department, have to get a check written, this, that, and the other, and it's a hassle. So when I come in to differentiate myself from those type of individuals that they might've dealt with in the past, I invoice them. 
and I usually have a 14 day net. Majority of them cut that the check within either a couple days or seven days. The more they know about my business and the cash flow and everything about it, the more likely they are to pay me pretty quick. I don't have any 30 day nets. It's mostly same day. Like the ones I deliver today, they've already cut the check and they're sent. They'll be here tomorrow. Okay. So that's the main way I do it. I have some that do PayPal, but majority of them is just write me a check. Now I have Craigslist individuals that if I sell stuff on through Craigslist, that they'll pay me cash. Of course, I don't know them. Yeah. Do you have a warehouse of your own in case it's not just like okay, I'm going to drive down the street and get rid of this stuff in 20 minutes. It's like, okay, I got to sit on it until I find a buyer. No, the suppliers that I have is my warehouse and I move enough product to keep them happy. So it's a balance to make your suppliers happy, your buyers happy and myself happy. So I don't have to store them. I don't have to sort them. There's no warehouse involved and no employees involved as well. It's all, I could hire somebody. In fact, I'm talking to someone who wants to do a few days a week and get a percentage of what I do. He's a friend of mine. Okay. That's one aspect where I I could go down to one day a week if he wanted to do all the work. Yeah. Th- I mean, this is a fascinating little niche that I never heard of and appreciate you reaching out about it. Is there any, like, what are we missing? Is there anything else that people ask you that I'm missing that I'm overlooking before? <laughs> a lot of the people who listen to your show it has a strong internet base to it, right? Yeah. And I, I kind of want to convey to those people, because I have an internet business in the afternoon. I own 22 websites and I do a lot of lead generation, right? Well, if it wasn't for this business, I wouldn't have had the time to do all that. And a lot of the businesses that are online, you have to build the audience. You have to build the email list. You have to build out the website. There's so many hundreds of steps that's involved to get to the point where it becomes profitable. And the time that it is involved to do that is extraordinary. I've done it. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So even though this side hustle has nothing to do with it, with the internet or anything, except for my selling the course and all, if you can find a vehicle like this to be able to not have to work that 40 hour week and devote, have all this free time to be able to devote to maybe an online business that becomes at some point passive income. I've never seen another vehicle as far as a business model like this, where you're able to get 95% of your product for free and make the kind of money you do in a quick time span and allow you to have time to do these other things. So that's one thing I kind of want to make sure people out there, even though this doesn't sound like anything to do with the, the web, it can truly benefit a side business like that. Yeah, we've been very kind of online business focused and making an effort to include more more offline opportunities. Like we had the trash pickup episode a couple months ago. Mm-hmm, I heard it. And something like this is just like, you know, simple matching people with problems and solving them for them. So are you actively seeking new accounts, new customers, new suppliers, or is it just like, hey, I'm going to let it ride with this existing network that I built? You mentioned hiring a helper. I'm curious, like what's the next stage of this business for you? Well, I actually do when it makes sense. I do have a very, I've set it up to where I, do I need to? No, but it just makes good business sense. An example, last week I have a, a heating and air business that supplies me with several hundred pallets. Well, right over the fence line, I noticed a business and I stopped by and they buy pallets. So 
I was just taking them from one fence line to the other, and it matches up. Anytime I can do something within a few blocks of another deal that I've already created, why not? Yeah, It just makes my radiuses and my time that much shorter. So I'm always looking for opportunities in, in that aspect of it. I advise people when they first get started with this business, you can't be shy. You have to actually go out there and knock on doors and and talk to people and create those connections. It's not going to yeah. just happen on its own. But so, yeah, I, I'm actively always looking for perfect opportunities to match up with what I already created. Yeah. How long did it take you before you're like, I'm not doing this construction remodeling job anymore. I'm going to just do this. Stuff. I never did it again. <laughs> okay. That was the last gig. Yeah. And the last day I ever worked full time, I mean, a, an eight hour day was... The day after I bought that my last flatbed, I wanted to pay it off. All the money I'd put out, I wanted to pay it off in one day. So it cost me thirty five hundred bucks, and the next day I just, I think it was nine and a half hours, and I made thirty five hundred, and that's the last time I've worked an eight hour day for four and a half years. John, this is fascinating stuff, and I, and imagine we're just talking about one niche where you could play a middleman. I'm sure there are hundreds of others that probably have never even considered. Maybe you're closer to the ground on a certain industry and another you might know of like, oh, you know, there is a guy who comes to the warehouse or well, I don't know. There's just, you got my head spinning on this one a little bit and appreciate you taking the time. The website, if you want to learn more about this is thesimplestbiz.com, B-I-Z. John, thank you so much for joining me. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Take imperfect action and fix what's broken on the fly is really what I've done. I didn't know what I was getting into when I started this. And if all you do is plan and plan and plan, you're never going to get anything done. And you'll create reasons for yourself not to, to do it. So invest your time and put yourself in a position where you've invested some time and now you have to figure it out. So imperfect action and continually create something, whether it be in business, whether it be your hobbies, if you're, I'm into art and music, or your relationships, just always being, create something, you know, that's going to last a while. So those are my two little tidbits when it comes to any type of business and especially for this one. Absolutely. I think we can resonate with that. Take imperfect action, figure it out as you go. The truth is, you said, hey, I didn't know what I was getting into. The truth is, I don't think anybody knows what exactly. they're getting into when, when you start. And you don't need to. It's kind of, well, you got to figure out that first step. And then, you know, you don't have to know steps eight through 100 afterwards. Kind of take it one step at a time. John, very cool. Thank you so much for joining me again. TheSimplestBiz.com. And we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you much, Nate. This edition of The Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com, the cloud accounting solution that's recommended by 97% of small business owners. This is Rob Eng, the senior marketing manager for FreshBooks on their two primary types of users, who he calls the craftsperson and the builder. What we kind of call more of the craftsperson, uh, somebody who is a freelancer, who works on their own, and who has usually a subject matter expert in that field. So like a designer, a web developer, a consultant, or even a podcaster. And so what they're looking for is a way to simplify their life because their life is their work. And they're really passionate about their work. And they're trying to save time so they could focus more on what they love to do. And we know it's not necessarily accounting. 
The other one is more of that builder. So think about that agency or consultancy, and that person is looking for about scaling and for growth. They want to look at ways to increase productivity, understand where their business is going and how to scale it better. So we have features in there to help with collaboration uh, with your staff or contractors and helping give a really robust report so you understand how projects are running and how to be more efficient. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for bookkeeping bliss along with rockstar support. All right, my top takeaways from this call with John, number one, is to build your network, kind of a recurring theme on the show. But this is essentially a database business, and it was built one conversation at a time. Remember John's conversation starting question was just, could you tell me what you do with these fill in the blank, this, these pallets, these crates, these boxes, whatever it is. And even though now he's got dozens of suppliers and buyers today, he started out just like you and I with zero. And that leads me to takeaway number two, which is all it takes to get started is one, one buyer and one supplier. If you could dedicate a morning or even a lunch break to knocking on a few doors you scouted out on Google Earth beforehand, I think you'll start to get a sense of what's out there in your community. So, I mean, even while we were talking, I was on Google Earth in my hometown of Livermore, California, and being like, holy crap, this guy has got just a mountain of pallets in the back of his building. Takeaway number three is to start with what you have when you have it. So John had a pickup truck, which was probably an advantage in this business. But if you've got a deal that's going to make you $800 in an hour over the course of a morning, I think you're going to find a way to make that happen. You could go rent a U-Haul or a flatbed probably for less than a hundred bucks a day. And if you line up the deals like John does, you don't have to go very far in in between and you can stack up the, the pickup or you stack up the delivery for the same day. So you don't have to store anything. I'm really curious to hear what you think of this one. This was a totally new side hustle to me. And I'm really curious to hear what happens when you go out and take action on it. Be sure to let me know in the comments for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash middleman. At that URL, you'll also be able to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of John's top tips from this episode. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where I'm sitting down with the author of one of my favorite books to break down how you can double your business using the simple tactical triangle. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 